All right, good morning. It's really great to be uh, in worship this morning. It's really fantastic to be able to uh, be here and sing and just be and celebrate. We want to be starting a new uh, series today, really for the month of March. And especially want to say hello and welcome to people who are just checking us out as a church and are just new with us. Today, we're going to talk about belonging, to belong. What does it mean to belong somewhere? And it seems like to belong is a very basic, very human thing. It's a very basic thing. And I think at some level, we all, if we really scratch below the surface, we all want to belong. We all want to belong somewhere. And it's a beautiful thing to belong someplace. To have a place to know people's names and to know people's stories. For them to know your story. For you to feel at home someplace. I think that's a deep quality that all of us really desire. So we're going to look a little bit later in this message at a biblical passage where Jesus helps a woman to belong. A woman that really doesn't belong, but after meeting Jesus, she's really reconnected with her community. Now, before we get into that biblical passage, let me just map out a little bit of what we're doing for March and, and why we're, we're doing this. Today is a new series that's up here on the screen on your bulletins. It's called Looking Towards Easter because Easter is actually coming up. I mean, right, we just started the year, right? And it just feels like the year's blowing by and Easter is coming up at the end of this month. And Easter is a time and a Sunday when some people look for a church to go to. It's March 27th, Easter Sunday. So the next couple of messages will equip us as a church to invite someone to join us for Easter Sunday at GRX. Now, however, listen to this. I don't want you to invite just anybody. This is what I want you to do. I want us at GRX to invite people to Easter Sunday, but invite someone who doesn't belong anywhere else. Invite someone who doesn't belong anywhere else. And, I mean, we know people, right, who would realistically be open to joining you for Easter. So this is what I mean by that. There are a ton of people, a ton of people that I do not want you to invite for Easter. You probably like think of a bunch of people right now. Like, I'm never gonna invite them. I'm not nope, I'm not gonna invite them. No, nope, I'm not gonna. Okay, so here's some people that I don't want you to invite to GRX. Okay? Please do not invite people who go to another church. Okay? If they go to another church and they're good friends, encourage them on Sunday to go to their church and to invest in their community. And don't, don't, you know, they go, oh, my church is not having an Easter egg hunt. I'm going to come to your church and have an Easter egg hunt. Tell them, no, no, you guys do an Easter egg hunt at your church, okay? You're a Christian. You're committed to that community. Like, don't come to my church. <laughs> go to your church, okay? And, and you know, don't matter. Okay, 
That's, don't, 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 don't invite them. Okay, number two, don't invite someone who doesn't like you. Okay? Sometimes you get the sense that people really don't like you. I'm going to expand this. They don't like Christians. They don't really like Jesus. They don't like the church. They don't like Easter. They don't like pastors. Okay? Those are all going to be present on Easter Sunday. Okay? Don't invite them. Okay? It's okay. I don't take it personally. A good friend of mine, he doesn't like dentists. Okay? He doesn't like dentists. No offense to anybody who's a dentist, by the way. Okay? He just doesn't like dentists. But he goes to the dentist when he feels like he has a need to go to the dentist. But he doesn't like them. That's how some people are with pastors in the church. I don't like it. But when they feel the need to go, they'll go. So let God work on them. But if they don't like you, don't invite them to Easter Sunday. Okay. Third thing, if there's someone where you feel like you are going to be twisting their arm to come, then don't invite them. Don't invite them to come. People who don't have the time or, or you know, they're too busy, don't inflict Jesus on people. Okay, don't do that. Okay? If they're too busy, they're too busy. Don't twist their arm to come. Okay? At this point in the message, you might be thinking, ah, well, that represents about 90% of the people I know. <laughs> Who's left? And actually, statistically, that would be accurate because about 90% of the people in the South Bay, in Silicon Valley, like they don't want anything to do with church. So the other 10%, this is what I'm going to talk about. Here's who I'd like you to invite. Invite someone who does not belong anywhere else on Easter Sunday and who you sense is actually looking for a place to belong. Maybe they're not from around here. Maybe they just moved into the area. Maybe they're looking for a community. Or maybe they're visiting you from out of town. They're spending some family time with you. They're Christians. But their church is far away. Yeah, then invite them. Say, hey, come on to GRX. You're out of town. They're not from around here. They're looking for a place to belong. Invite someone who has not found a Christian community, but you know they're open to it. They're open to Jesus. They're open to uh, spiritual conversations. They are open to the existence of God. They're open to growing in their faith. So there's somebody that's just open. Or somebody that's looking for a place to belong And sometimes I have conversations like this with people. They are very life-giving conversations. You talk with them and you're like, wow, I just feel really alive after talking with you. It's very intellectually stimulating. They talk with you about real matters of life, ultimate meaning, ultimate purpose. Why are we really here? And they talk to you about real things, anger, struggle, forgiveness, gratitude, joy. They talk to you about real things. These are the people that I'd encourage you to invite. Now, who to invite will take discernment and prayer on our part. So don't just invite a coworker. 
because you feel like, ah, oh, I need to invite somebody to Easter. Because what's going to happen is it's going to be really forced and it's going to be really awkward. And then it's going to feel really awkward at work. <laughs> and who wants that? Right? So you don't want that. Invite someone because you sense that they're looking for a place to belong. So pause for just a second. Does someone come to mind? Does someone come to mind in your world who needs a place to belong? So as this message continues, I'd like you to just keep that person in mind or be open that maybe some name or somebody's face is going to drop into your mind. And then this is how your future conversation could go with this person. You could say, hey, next time you see him, hey, Easter is coming up. Do you have plans? And you say, no. What are you going to do? You could say back, I'm going to church. You want to come? That's it. That's the invite. If you say, hey, Easter's coming up. Do you have plans? And there's this awkward pause. And you know what I'm talking about. And they say, mm, no, um, don't invite them. Just say, that's cool. I was just wondering. That's cool. That's cool. If they ask, what are you doing? You say, I'm, I'm going to church. You could invite them. But you know, right? You know. You know. So just be real with people, okay? What we see is in this passage, and we're going to get into the passage right now, Jesus engages a woman who doesn't belong. She doesn't have a place to belong. And what's so cool is that she, through this conversation with Jesus, discovers that she has a place to belong. She belongs with Jesus. And then Jesus reconnects her to the rest of her community. It's in John chapter 4, and we're going to look through this whole passage. And as we read through it and we read through the story, I'm going to just be teaching and pulling out different meaning in this passage. You're going to see this situation where Jesus is actually going to be kind of escaping a little bit of conflict and traveling. And then he's going to be traveling through this area called Samaria. And there he's going to encounter this woman, and we're going to discover who she is and why she is so uh, estranged from her particular community. So John chapter 4, it's going to come up on the screen or you can read along in your Bibles. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, it's just basically there's conflict around Jesus. And although Jesus did not baptize, but only his disciples, this is conflict. Then it says that Jesus left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And here, there's a center thing here, a well. It's called Jacob's well in this area of Samaria. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Okay, so this is the scene. This is setting up the scene. Jesus is leaving some conflict in Judea. 
and he's traveling by foot on roads that are dusty, and it's the Middle East, and it's hot. And he is traveling from an area in the south, which is Judea, to Galilee in the north. And in between these two regions, there is Samaria, and that's what Jesus is walking through. It's the shortest road through those two places. It's high noon when Jesus gets there. It's the sixth hour. The first hour is sunrise, and he goes all the way through. Sixth hour, high noon. It's really hot. At the well, at high noon, that's when people, that's where, the well is the place where people usually go and draw water. But because that's labor, it takes a lot of energy to draw water up. So no one would really be at the well at high noon, the hottest part of the day, to draw water. People usually draw water in the very early morning, first hour, second hour, or towards the evening, the 11th hour. But nobody comes at noontime because it's really hot and it's hard to draw the water up out of the well. Just the other thing to remember now that Jesus is in this middle area, this Samaria area, it's inhabited by a people called Samaritans. Now, these Samaritans are people that are really sort of anathema to the Jewish people. Now, people that would be around Jesus at this time and Jesus himself is Jewish. And in the Jewish nation, purity is really important. Religious purity, cultural purity, national purity, it's all very, very important that you remain Jewish. The Samaritans were recognized and known as a people that would marry interracially. They'd have relationships with all these other nations. And so for the Jewish worldview, they would be seen as people to not relate to, people to be separated from because of their interracial relationships. And because of those relationships, they also worshipped other gods. They were very syncretistic in their worship. And the Jews who were very pure in their worship, worshiping Yahweh, wanted to be separated from them. So they were looked down upon by some of the Jews in that time. They were kind of considered like half-breeds of Jewish people. They were, kind of, they were sort of looked down upon. So this is all the social and cultural dynamic going on around this scene. So Jesus is at the well. It's high noon. It's really hot. You don't expect to see anybody. But then we're going to see a Samaritan woman from this other culture come and encounter Jesus. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Already that's a little bit startling because Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman, this woman that the Jews don't like. So now Jesus' disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So that means Jesus is alone. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Right? She understood the cultural, religious, social divide. How are you asking for me a drink? I'm from Samaria. For the Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God 
and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. See, and this is where you recognize that the Samaritans are kind of this mix of different people because the Samaritan woman references one of the great Jewish patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are you greater than our father Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who gave us this well? See, the Samaritans also have a part in the Jewish lineage. And Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, Give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So here's the woman. She's drawing water in the middle of the day. That means we know she's estranged from her community. Why do we know that? Because all the women draw water in the morning or in the evening but she's here to draw water at the hottest part of the day because she's not going to encounter anybody else. She's doing that on purpose. And then here is Jesus, and his very conversation is an expression of care for her. He gives her a sense of belonging to him because of the way that he lovingly encounters her as a human being. And he's going to say something that is surprising to her, but really embraces who she is. He doesn't judge her. He loves her. Listen to this interaction between the woman and Jesus. This is why she comes in the middle of the day, and this is why she doesn't hang out with the other woman. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship? And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. That means you're not going to worship here in Samaria. You're not going to be worshiping there in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You don't have to worship on this mountain. You don't have to worship on that mountain. 
It's not being Samaritan. It's not being Jewish. God is trying to create belonging into his family for people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. The hour is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him, belonging with God. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. This Samaritan woman at the well is having this personal encounter with Jesus. And he treats her like a real person. He doesn't treat her like an outcast. He loves her by speaking to her as a normal person. He doesn't judge her. He knows the truth about her, but he doesn't judge her. He doesn't condemn her, but he knows the truth about her. And he receives her for who she is. She's been outcast. She doesn't belong anywhere. She certainly doesn't belong in Jerusalem because she's Samaritan. She certainly doesn't belong with the other women because she's had so many men. That's her mark of shame. The man she's with now, not her husband. It's a mark of shame. The other women don't want to associate with her. But Jesus associates with her. And he loves her. And now see what she does. Just then, his disciples came back. Jesus' disciples come back. They see Jesus talking to this woman. They marvel that he was talking with this woman. Actually, it's more like they're shocked. They're kind of appalled that he's talking to this woman. But no one said to her, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town. And then look at this. She goes to the people and says, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Right? Tells the truth about who she is. Can this be the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior? Can this be the one that saves? They went out of the town and were coming to him. That's the end of this section. Here is a woman who doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere else and in this one conversation has a saving experience with Jesus, a rescuing experience with Jesus. What is she rescued from? Loneliness. The Savior saved her and rescued her from loneliness and gave her a place to belong. That's what she needed. That's what she was looking for. That's why for her, she's the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. And then isn't this interesting? She becomes one of the first evangelists to say, come and see Jesus. Come and see. And so she extends an invitation to the Samaritans who also don't belong. She's inviting them to come and belong to this Jesus. 
We are surrounded by people every day who feel like they don't belong. Sometimes it's hard to see. Sometimes they mask it. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to find out. But we are surrounded every day by people who feel like they don't belong. Maybe that's a little bit even of your own story. Maybe there's a time in your life where you felt like you didn't belong. You were in a place that seemed new or was unfamiliar. Wasn't there somebody who helped you feel like you belonged? Who was somebody who helped you feel like you belonged? Who invited you? Who became your friend? Who took an interest in you? Who stopped long enough to ask you, how are you doing? And then really listened. Who helped you feel like you belonged? Our challenge is for Easter to look beyond ourselves, to see the people around us who feel like they don't belong, and then for us to help them belong, to invite them to a place where they can belong. This is a special kind of perspective I'm asking us to have. It's a prayerful, discerning, loving perspective like what Jesus has. When you look at someone, are they too busy? They don't have any interests? They don't like Christians? Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Those people aren't looking for a place to belong with us. But like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, she's getting water at the hottest part of the day, She's avoiding the ridicule, the judgment, the social pressure of the other woman. Her actions communicate that she doesn't belong. Be on the lookout for the people who are around us. Their words, maybe their actions communicate. They really don't feel like they belong. And then talk to them and see if they would like to belong with us for Easter Sunday. Who was someone that you could help belong? Let me pray for us, and then we'll celebrate communion together. Lord Jesus, you truly are the Savior, and you help all of us belong. When we feel like there's stuff in our own history and our own past that we don't feel worthy or that we've been judged by from other people, or we feel estranged by. God, thank you that you are our Savior and that you rescue us, you forgive us, you love us, you restore us to right relationship with you and with other people. And so God, I pray that as you've helped us to belong, that you would give us eyes to see maybe one or two other people who also don't feel like they belong. And God, I pray you give us the opportunity to invite them Thank you, God, that you've created a place for us to belong with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.